so freaking bad. WrestleMania. Welcome, everybody, to Juice Pro Wrestling, episode 111, the play-by-play with Sretton in the Juice, which is myself today, is a very special guest. You may know him as the voice of promotions such as Warrior Wrestling, Defy. Um, he's also involved with Fest Wrestling and one of the major promotions going on, one of our favorites today is uh, Major League Wrestling. And he's also a alumni of the WWE, you know, the e, the one that everybody likes and everybody wants to get to, but then they treat you like shit and you say, fuck it, I can do something better. Those guys. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome to the show, Rich Bokini. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> As you can see here, I'm 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 high above uh, the city of Manhattan. I, I like I like to I like to get around the country whenever I can, and uh, you never know where I'm going to turn up next. Um, somehow I'm across the river in New Jersey in a skyscraper, a skyscraper that uh, I just found today. It's amazing how these things work. But uh, high above the city, it's you know it's never know where I'm going to show up. Yeah, I got a little Manhattan project going on. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah very, very, clear, very clear tonight. Very clear. No clouds over the city. So it's amazing how this worked out. Hell yeah. So, brother, first of all, let's, before we get into your backstory or any of that, um, what do you, what's kind of been going on in your world since I know MLW isn't uh, doing anything at the moment? Um, what have you been up to? I know, I know you're a play-by-play guy. You really love your hockey and whatnot. Have you been able to, like, kind of do anything in a – social distance manner or how like kind of like what how we do our show now with the zoom and all that or what's been going on in your life well every day is kind of the same right and yeah. i think that's that's what a lot of people are running into right now um mm. i i luck out in some ways that i work from home to begin with so mm. it's not too too different except that i haven't been on an airplane since march and um you know usually at least once a month sometimes more than that uh, i'm used to getting on the plane going somewhere uh so you know, it's been a little, um, a little weird, but you know, I, I think just like, just like everybody else, you know, um, safety first, hopefully I'm, you know, I'm not one of these, uh, virus deniers or anything like that. It, you know, Florida right. it just had a recent flare up. So, um, <laughs> I know. You know, surprise, 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 Florida and Texas, Jeez. Yeah. You know, two, two of the States that, that really opened up first. Oddly and oddly Georgia, I don't think has, um, it has reported a, a, a whole lot more, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk a you know a whole lot about the virus. But but right. point is, point is, uh, just like everybody else, I've I've just been sitting here. I've had a couple of Defy shows um, to call with some older stuff that's unreleased. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I've had something in that regard to keep me busy, and I'm still working. My regular job is still, um, you know, thankfully I'm still employed. So it's just been a lot of like everybody else. Like I wake up and it's like ah. Today, you know, it's like legitimately, it's like Groundhog Day. It's like Bill Murray yeah. and Groundhog. It's the same thing, and it's um, same shit, know. different pants. That's it. So you know, <laughs> it, you know, I've been watching some KBO baseball, which has been interesting. Um, How's that been? It's good. It's good. You know, I was I watching. Hear it's good. Game. Yeah, I was. I was watching. I was watching a game once when and they had the uh, the stuffed animals in the crowd, which is which is pretty <laughs> cool. Um, you know, so. So I've, I've I've been watching that. I've been keeping up with uh, you know with the protests around around the country on Twitch. There's um, a couple of different channels you can go on that have like multi-screen from from different cities. So that that's been interesting. I was watching the stuff in Atlanta the other night, and that was uh, really interesting to watch. 
Um, but you know, I, like I said, just like everybody else is tr- really trying not to go nuts, trying to, yeah. you know, keep as, as positive, uh, an outlook on things uh, as I can. So that's, I hope that answers it. <laughs> right. Then you got to stay away from the news. <laughs> the the nudes or the news? I like the news. Well, no, you got to keep the nudes, the news, <laughs> N-E-W-S. <laughs> Yeah, that's well. That's you know, like I like I said, that's why you know I've been going on some of those some of the streams and stuff because like instead of you know just seeing whatever they know, okay, we're gonna show you know this we we can show this. Like sometimes they don't want to show certain things. I'm actually mm-hmm. watching stuff as it as it's happening, which is a you know you get a, a different perspective on things. You really do, right? Um, so I know Warriors putting together a like best of DVD compilation. Yeah, uh, are you going to be doing anything for that? Steve hasn't uh, hasn't told me. I don't know if we're going to be doing you know, lead-ins or if they're just going to, you know, just put it together, like, you know, mm-hmm. match to match to match. I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, I, we, we started going to warrior at, I think around three warrior three was our first and we've been nonstop ever since. Um, man, there's been some hellacious fucking matches to come through there. What's, uh, what's one that stands out one or two that stand out to you the most. Um, I mean, you get to call these things. So it's fucking <laughs> it's pretty. Nuts. Yeah. I'm, honestly, the match that stands out to me is probably the ma- the best match that, warrior has, has ever put on um mm-hmm. would be lawler and uh and was it ridgeway right oh yeah yeah yeah. I, I i thought that match was tremendous there was story behind it they actually stayed holy crap they stayed inside the ring mm-hmm. um there weren't a million dives there weren't a million you know what i mean like everything made sense in context in context of the match and that's it's the kind of wrestling that i like um i don't mind dives i don't mind high spots i don't mind you know, a, 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 a flashy, quick performance. I just want stuff to make sense. Right. And when stuff doesn't make sense, that's where I, it loses me. Um, I know it's not real, right? We all know it's not real. Don't remind me it's not real. That's kind of Just my don't philosophy. say the F word. Don't say the F word. We don't say that on here. Out of respect. Okay. Got respect. That's right. That's right. So, um, so that match really, really stood out to me. Uh, you know, what Warriors, an interesting an interesting promotion in the sense where it's really like an all-star promotion, right? It's, it's, it, what Steve is doing is not dissimilar to like what Paul Bosch did in Houston for years where he had no, he had no real affiliation with anybody. He would bring in the AWA champ. He'd bring in the NWA champ. Sometimes he'd bring in the WWF champ, right? Mm-hmm. So he was bringing in guys from all corners of, uh, of, of the wrestling universe. And Steve gets to do that as well. The downside with that, um, is that you don't always have story going into a match. So a lot of times it's just right. a match. And when you tell guys it's just a match, they're like, okay, what do you want me to do? I don't know. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so guys go out there and they do whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which sometimes is good. Now, you know, other times is, eh, you know, it's just a bunch of moves. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Ridgeway-Lawler match, I really thought they, they told the story. And I'm not crap. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I'm crapping on Warrior Wrestling because I'm not. I'm not by, by, by any means. There have been some tremendous matches there. But that match, for the reasons I, I laid out, just really, really, really stood out to me as some of the best that, uh, that Warriors. I mean, there's been other great stuff as too uh, uh, over there as well. Um, you know, some of the stuff with Brian Cage, I thought it's been, been, been really interesting. Aries, you know, he's yeah. such a heat magnet. Whenever he comes in, and, you know, he's another guy that's like, you know, he wants stuff to make sense. You know, he may be right. difficult to work with or whatever, but... Uh, I've always gotten along with him, and he just he just wants stuff to to make sense. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm coming from. I, I'd I'd almost have to go back through the list of all the matches, and then there'd probably be a few that would be like, oh yeah, that one. Right? Oh yeah, 
Um, well, I'm just saying kind of off the top of your head. You know, we don't here. We don't like to fucking keep notes and all that. Yeah, shit, you know, you know? I, I just, do, though. I, I mean, I, I, I keep notes for stuff, but well, um, you know. But no, nah, Lawler Ridgeway, and I don't know whether or not that match. I hope it makes it. I really do because I thought that 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 match was. Uh, I thought it was great. Oh yeah, we both. Uh, I know Surrender. It really was Ridgeway, it. right? Yeah, Chris Ridgeway. Okay, all right. I'm making sure. I'm like, <laughs> no, I remember the match. I'm not sure if it was the right guy. Or not, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a. It was. It set like a totally different pace, like for the night. Like a, it was just out of nowhere. You know, I mean, it was. It was some good, just pure fucking wrestling and you know kind of hold for hold submission style um you know a little bit of mma mixed in just a very reality based people get into it it. yeah and it was it was great i I know we both thoroughly enjoyed the hell out of that match you know there there are so many matches that you see not just you know not just at war and everywhere everybody wants to have um everybody wants to have the match of the night right Mm -hmm. and there's not a whole lot of on, on the independence there's not a whole lot of well I'm the second match on the card. Maybe I shouldn't do 10 Canadian destroyers. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, man, I love that move. And it's, it's such a shame what it has been bastardized down to. I think it's the, I, I, I think it's an awful move. I think it's terrible mm-hmm. because you, it's to me, it's like a Spanish fly, right. especially a Spanish fly off the top. Who's uh-huh. giving the move to whom? Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just a fan that watches, you just turn it on some night and you see that you're going to be like, who got hurt? Like, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure who took that move. Like, I, I don't, right? We get it because we see it all the time. But because mm-hmm. we're in that wrestling bubble, we think that people outside of it know what's going on. And you know what? They don't. They don't have any idea what's going on. And, right. Come, you know, with this, with this show, I come from, the, from the, uh, the viewpoint of the new guy. And that is one of the moves where when I'm watching highlights or when I'm watching a, mass, a mass, uh, match, I'm usually not sure who just got hurt. Sometimes I know. Like, if you know a dude's on a roll – and then he right. drops that move. I'm like, oh, okay, I know. Like, I know it just happened. But what I don't, uh, I agree possibly with you guys is what, that's one of the moves. If I see it, I need the match to be done. I don't want somebody to be able to, like, roll out of or get, like, hyped, like, hulk out after, get, after getting that poo- move put on him, like, <laughs> 20 times. <laughs> then, then, my yeah, whole, then my whole, like, suspension of disbelief and entertainment, I kind of start to shut down. And I love... Uh, high spots and i love all that stuff but i also love the technical stuff you know i've become a huge lawler fan in the last couple of years because you just know i kills himself i, I you know I, I i get to the point where like you start seeing matches where guys are you know whether it's canadian destroyer even stuff with just like punches or kicks yeah. and it and, it, and guys don't register they you know they pop right back up like to me that tells me that you have the weakest punches that i've ever seen you can't knock mm. right you know what I mean? Like, so, so that's kind of weird to me that, that gotta lay it in. That's where that disconnect comes, comes in. Yeah, like, I get it. If you started a match and you, and you, and you kick a guy or whatever, and then it's over, people are going to be like the hell, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it also, I don't know. It, 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 you know, I'm supposed to believe that like you can take a pile driver on the apron and then a minute later you're diving off the top rope doing a blockbuster with like, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that, you know, maybe I'm too old, but that that's the kind of stuff that it, it just kind of, um, you know, I just kind of, I just kind of lose interest right there, you know? Oh yeah. I, I, I get it, man. And it's like Stratton saying too, cause he's a, he's a finisher guy. Like in, in this day and age where everybody takes 15 finishers a match and I, I, I hearken and throw this back to like the, almost like the, the death of the DDT. 
Oh, yeah. That that move, that was like you say, if you want to go back to story-based wrestling, that was like Jake was always consistently telling that story during the matchup. He was always working towards that DDT, you know? And then it just it became this bastardized move now that, like, let's face it, dude. I In high school, I fought somebody in the gym because he, he had a fucking attitude with the way I was playing basketball. I was killing him on defense, and he fucking pushed me. I grabbed him. I legit DDT'd his ass, fucking hurt him in the gym, you know? Right. Um, I mean, he ended up being all right, but still, it's a devastating move. And then should when be. that becomes, it should be. And, you know, everybody just kicks out of it now, and then it, it becomes, like, nothing. And that's that's what, like, this Canadian Destroyers, it should have been, like, something, uh, you know, whether it was Petey Williams that actually created it or not, who, who fucking knows, who fucking cares. All I know is that at one point in time, if you didn't see it a lot, when you did see it, and it was, like, the finish, it was, like, wow. Dude, like <laughs> yeah 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 for sure yeah and it's not like that anymore and no. and like Sren's saying i i love a good finish too now don't get me wrong i mean you can have a good match whether albeit if it's a spot match or uh some technicality going on and maybe take a finisher or two to, it, it has to be spaced out properly you know like but uh it's just nowadays man i there's too much of that shit going everybody's just taking everybody's finish and getting out of it and when it, when, you, when i when i started when i was you know, very early in my career, I, I worked with Booker T and I was at his gym and, uh, you know, it's a training night or whatever. M- MVP was there. MVP. Was nice. I don't know if he still lives in Houston or whatever, but he was there. And, um, you know, he just came in one night. I, I, I want to say it was might have been right before he went to New Japan. Mm-hmm. So somewhere around there. But anyway, so he's in there and, he, you know, he's, he's chain wrestling with the guys and stuff. And uh, two, two of the younger kids go in. The kid gives another kid a DDT. And the other kid pops out of it. He stopped the match and he started, he laid in with the, he laid in on these guys, laid in on them. <laughs> Sucker. And it wasn't Booker. It was MVP. It was, it was MVP, oh, okay. MVP yeah, yeah. Who, who laid in. And he's like, that used to be a finisher. You know why it's not anymore? Because you killed it. And he pointed at them because you killed it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, that, that was 2000, I don't know, 2011, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, 2000, something like that, you know? And that was, early in, in, in actually me being involved in wrestling. And that really stuck with me. Like makes all the sense in the world. You know, um, I think, I think what you get is you get like a, a God, I sound, I sound so old saying this, but you get a, the younger generation of kids who are coming into wrestling, who have never seen uh, what it was. They've never seen the, you know, like the old school Southern stuff, the old school NWA mm-hmm. stuff. Honestly, even like the old WWF stuff where you built to a finisher where you, You'd right. send out The Undertaker here and there on a TV show, and he'd go and he'd job a guy out, and it was solely to get the tombstone over. That's it. That's the only reason that, that he had a match. And you knew, right, that in a match, in a big match, when he went for the tombstone, you knew the match was going to end. And if it didn't end, well, now that's a change to the pattern. <gasps> oh, my God. What does yeah. he do now? Right? And that, there's, that doesn't exist anymore. Um, I, I call it like the, the, you know, the, the, the skateboardification or the, you know, the video gamification of, of wrestling where everything is just high spot, high spot, high spot. Mm-hmm. And people are more interested in saying, well, I didn't quite have that proper form on that 450 off the top as opposed to, holy shit, he just did a 450 off the top. There's a big, <laughs> right. difference, there's a big difference between the two. That's a yeah. good point. We do see, you do see a lot of that on Twitter um, where people pick apart a match based on botches and you'll see a match that has like, like we're huge AEW fans. Think what you will. That's what we are. Um, and they do a lot of high spots. And I am, a, like I said, I am a fan 
and I like the way they do. I like the way that most places do high spots. It's when you, it's, it's, it's the finisher, it's towing a line with the finisher stuff. Like if you have a specific set of moves that are supposed to denote the end of a match and all they do is kind of be like a time marker and be like, all right, I did my finisher, but there's going to be 30 minutes left in this match. That's <laughs> when I kind of turn off. I've been recently watching, um, trying to give hardcore wrestling uh, a chance and on the Why? indie circuit. <laughs> Why? And I was, Ugh. and I, I already, I already don't like it, but it's Ugh. part of a, it's part of a project we're trying to work on soon. Sure. And sure. Um, like Wallace likes hardcore matches. Uh, the guy Bodie that does the show with us, he likes hardcore matches sprinkled in, not exclusively, but they do right. like them. Sure. Um, it's not trying, a way of life. It's not a way of life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I even saw one live and I just can't, I just can't because it really is. It's like moves that should murder someone blood yep. enough blood spilled. There's literally like a gallon or at least a pint of blood that each man pours all over the ring, which is disgusting. But mm-hmm. outside of that, even if you're into that stuff, what it like what is it just ends up being a topper on a topper on a topper so you end up doing more and more dangerous stuff when we saw it live we almost saw a dude uh a guy fell on a light tube and almost cut the artery that was in his bicep what happened to arquette happened to david arquette yeah he almost died like he was like i'll finish this match and then i'll go to the hospital after we stop at whataburger but like it just that kind of stuff i can't get into that shit but i think for the most part even the new guys I, i i disagree a little bit they are they are uh still telling uh, uh, good stories from my point of view. Um, and I came, I came in like a year and a half ago, really like we started this two years ago, but I was kind of just like in the shallow end. And now I've jumped into the deep end. Whereas the last time I watched it was heyday WWF times macho man, Jake, the snake finishers right. meant something. The finisher, like the regular moves were simple punches and drop kicks. And then the finisher was a DDT. And every time you were like, Oh, mm-hmm. And you knew that was it. And then the guys sold it. They didn't move. They didn't get up. They didn't. They didn't have the energy to like climb on the top ropes and fly into the air. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. Entertainment is entertainment. Uh, to, I guess teach their own. I got a little long winded there. I, 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 I enjoy a hardcore match when it means something. You know what I mean? Like yes. You know, they, like, like the old days, just for like Dusty like, and shit. Yeah, like like, like you know, Later. if 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 Dusty was gonna blow off a feud or whatever. There'd be, you know, sometimes there'd be a barbed wire match, right? Right. Which I, I'm, I don't have a problem with that at all. Like it made it, it made perfect sense to me. Of course, like these these two Texans are gonna settle this once and for all. And what are you gonna use barbed wire, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it 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 made sense to me. But you didn't see it more than maybe once or twice a year, you know? Right. So it it meant something. And you know, if just to expand on kind of what you're saying a little bit, like things meaning something. Like there's so, there's so much content that's out there today. Um, WWE puts so much content out there. It's tough for them to make anything mean anything. Like before, like they would go, let, let's just say like Extreme Rules, you'd go to Extreme Rules, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't know that Extreme Rules was booked for, you know, whatever. When I don't know, even know when they do it anymore. Let's just say October 1st. You didn't know it was booked for October. I, I think it's the next pay-per-view coming is up. Is it? <laughs> okay. You. Well, wh- whatever, right? Point is, they're now booking matches to fit into extreme rules as opposed mm-hmm. to a match that called for extreme rules in the first place. Right. So it doesn't mean anything. It's just a bunch of fucking stupidity. Really? It's, I mean, yeah. is that, you sort know, of like hell in the cell where they do the thing and they have to have a hell in the cell match. Yeah. I, like, 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 like you're, you're shoehorning gimmicks, you're shoehorning yeah. things that should blow off a feud 
in theory, right, mm. should have some kind of outcome. Right. It should mean something when it's all over. And it doesn't. It's just, oh, hey, guess what? We have a Hell in a Cell match next week and or whatever. We have, we have an Extreme <laughs> Rules match next week. Uh, big show, I want to face you in a stairs match. The fuck is that? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been known for a long time now to let a lot of people down with all Ugh. kinds. Of, it, it's been, man, the E, you know, we try to, we try to maintain positivity on here, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard, you know, growing up and when you love their product so much and what it's become and uh, it's, funny it's that, cringeworthy. I mean, you were fucking is, I, there. I, well, yeah, I was, um, <laughs> I, I, funny thing is growing up, I, I was an NWA fan. I was a Jim Crockett promotion yeah. fan. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, I'm from Rhode Island, right? So mm-hmm. it's a WWF territory or was, right. and we used to get WWF matches basically every month. And, uh, and it's funny. I actually just retweeted a, um, uh, when you go to the shows back then you get the insert in the program that listed mm-hmm. the matches. And I've been looking for the program from when uh, NWA came to Boston garden in 87. I, my dad took me to that. And you know, when we had moved, I had gotten, got rid of a bunch of stuff. And that was in some of the stuff that we got rid of. Anyway, uh, Cornette reposted a picture of that lineup where some fan had sent it out. And I, another friend of mine that, that I know I sent it to him cause he's been looking for it. And, um, you know, that was eight, that was April of 87. That was the first time that the NWA had come that far North. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you didn't get to see them, but to see the WWF, it was basically, you know, they ran Boston once a month. They ran Providence right. once a month or, or close enough. Right. Um, but I always, even being from, from the Aryans, you know, seeing Hogan and, you know, uh, having tears running down my eyes when I thought Orndorff was going to get out of the cage before Hogan, like <laughs> I, still yeah. care, I, I still cared, but it was like the NWA to me was just something so different. It was just gritty. And it felt, I, I listen again, even at that age, 10, 11 years old, I knew it wasn't on the up and up and care. Mm. It, it felt more real. It felt grittier. So that's, yeah. that's, that's what I, that's what I gravitated to. Oh yeah, I agree. It's uh my wrestling journey started with you know as a four or five year old kid watching the WWF, and then the more enveloped I got in the product, uh, I became a huge NWA WCW fan. And I was, dude, See, I, I draw the line. Like, I, I draw the line at WCW because yeah. when it, to, to me when it, when it became WCW, it kind of. But um, well, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut. I don't mean to cut you off. Go on, please. It's all good. But there, I mean, there was some good shit. Like uh, I really liked the. WCW Saturday night. I've said it many times on here, the in 92, the early nineties era, there was a lot of crossover. They brought in a lot of, you know, Rick rude was there. Yeah. Um, Liger. Orndorff, a yeah. Liger. I yep. mean, there was some really good shit going on then. Um, and then obviously everybody knows the rest of that fucking story, but right. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, I love the old gritty shit too. Like uh WCCW and all that stuff, man. That was, it was amazing. You know, reading about it as a kid and watching some old videotapes and, um, we had Eli the Eliminator on uh, that used to wrestle down there, uh, and like hearing some of his stories and getting to kind of relive that. Like it's like you're saying that I get that like feeling right now just thinking about it, like the, the gritty realism, like these fucking big hairy ass hillbilly dudes like kicking each other's ass. I fucking love that shit, dude. Yeah. Like I don't know what it is, man. I, I I grew up, you know, I'm old enough that I was around for the very very tail end of uh, of of the territories. So as a kid on right. TV, like I got to watch. You know, like you said, like world class EWA, mm-hmm. um, yep. and and NW, you know, worldwide wrestling on mm-hmm. for the NWA sporadically because sometimes it'd be on. I remember it used to be on a station out of Worcester, Mass, at like 
midnight or one in the morning or something, right? And then they would change it around or, you know, you wouldn't always get it at the same time. So whenever I got to actually see that, I got it. I remember driving down to Florida with my family and, uh, you know, stopping at a hotel in like Virginia or something and putting it on. Oh my God, there, there's, there's Mid-Atlantic Wrestling with Bob Cottle. Yeah, Holy shit, Mid-Atlantic right? Mid-Atlantic was great too. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like all those different promotions, I get to take all that in and, and, and you know, I, I look back at it now and it was just, I was just a wrestling fan. But, you know, I think about the impact that it had on me you know, now as somebody who's involved in the business, it just kind of, I don't know, I feel like it gave me a good baseline of like, okay, like, listen, we know, we know it's not on the level, but we're not, you know, it's like David Copperfield. We're not going to tell you how we, how we do our magic. We're going to do it, but we're not going to tell you, we'll tell you it's magic, but we're not going to tell mm-hmm. you how it's magic. You know, that's for you to try to figure out on your own. Right. So a uh, couple of your influences, I mean, you being a play by play guy and you, you got to work with a couple of legends. Uh, we were in Chicago when, um, Jim Cornette made his debut with MLW. Uh, you you still cool with Jim or yeah yep yep. Um, and then you also got to work. I loved uh, Tony Schiavone. His time yeah. with MLW uh, that was so fucking cool. And right before AEW came and swooped him up, I was like, man, this is awesome that Tony's back on a wrestling product because I knew he was doing. I think he was doing baseball or something like that. Yeah, he, yeah. He he was the uh, the voice for the um, when when the Richmond Braves moved to uh, Gwinnett County. Mm. Uh, the you know the Braves the Braves AAA farm team they were in Richmond forever and they moved them to uh, to the Atlanta area where Tony lives and he he actually went to the GM or the owner or whatever and he said hey I'd like to be your official scorekeeper because oh, like, yeah. Tony broke into the business in baseball working for right. Crockett's and they they own baseball teams in Charlotte so uh, he said hey you know I'd like to be your official scorekeeper and the GM said to him I'll do you one better you want, how about you be the radio guy. Tony's like, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, I, it's funny. I'd actually reached out to Tony a couple times over the years and for a while he wanted nothing to do with wrestling. And yeah, he had actually blocked me on Twitter. Like I'd sent him a, a tweet like, Hey Tony, next time you're in, in, in Pawtucket, uh, with, with Gwinnett, make sure you stop by the house of pizza on division street right near the stadium. Right. Fucking blocked me. I was what the hell is this? So a couple of years <laughs> later, I, I ended up meeting him and, uh, it, it, there, there's, I'll tell you a quick story. When Court Bauer called me to tell me who my broadcast partner was going to be for MLW, mm. he said to me, how do you feel about working with Doink? I said, hmm, I'm kind of sitting there. In the, I remember I was in the car, and he did. pulled over <laughs> to the side of the road, and I'm thinking to myself, God, I thought that he wanted to do like somewhat serious wrestling. But I'm thinking to myself, and all these thoughts are going through my head in about the course of about 10 seconds. And I said, mm. I'll tell you what, Court if the check clears, I don't care who it is, right? <laughs> you know? Because at that right. point, I was, I, was kind of, I was not really involved in wrestling. It was just kind of whatever. Like, it was supposed right. to be one show, maybe two shows. I didn't really care. I was like, whatever. Um, and then I'm thinking, I'm like, didn't don't, Matt Bourne died a year or two ago, didn't he? Like, what the? Anyway, so, so I'm kind of sitting there. Hey, as long as the check clears, whatever. And he said, nah, I'm kidding. Your broadcast partner is going to be Tony Schiavone. That, that, <gasps> you know, because, <laughs> again, growing up, nine, 10, 11 years old, he was really one of the first wrestling play-by-play voices that, that I paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, hearing him, I can still, there was something, there was snapmare and something. And it thought, like, huh, what do you call that? What he does? And then, you know, it all kind of came together. Oh, that's a play-by-play guy. Well, how do you become a play-by-play? So all these thoughts started going through my head. So to get to work, you know, to bring it back around, to get to work with Tony legitimately, was a super, super, super big honor for me. And I told him as much. And, you know, to his credit, he was like, 
listen, man, <laughs> I haven't been in this for a while. I'm not a hundred percent sure some <laughs> of these guys are what, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So I asked him before the first show we did, I'm like, how do you want to do this? He goes, well, that's up to you. I said, no, 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 Tony. And he goes, ah, I knew you were going to do that. I said, well, and he says, listen, you take the lead. I need you to guide me along. And I'm not saying that to put myself over, you know what I mean? Mm. I'm not, but it was kind of like to be in that position with the guy that whose voice was one of the reasons that I even do this in the first place was just like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know, Tony and I had a, man, we worked great together. We, we had a lot of fun and, uh, I'm happy to see him having fun again, doing it. You know, I mean, he had fun doing it with MLW, but you know, you get the sense on, on, on Ada, he's just, he's having fun. So, yeah, um, it seems a little too, maybe like he's kind of rehashing or reliving maybe a little bit of that WCW glory or something, just cause he is with a bigger um, promotion, right. I guess. You know what I mean? That kind of, a lot of people kind of match that up to, well, they're the modern day WCW, you know, or, uh, you know, if it, that makes sense. You know, it's uh, far, far for me to be critical of a, of another company. Right. I don't, right. I, don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's my place. Um, you know, I, I, I will just say there's a, for my taste, there's, a, I, I wish that they would dial back the ha ha just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, well, obviously, I don't want to put you like under fire, or under the gun, or anything. And this ain't like a loaded question or anything. But um, with MLW and the way Core operates, I mean, it's dude, it's very eclectic mix of like different styles. I mean, hence the fucking name Fusion. You know, yeah. Um, I've been to several. You know, the pretty. I think all the fucking Cicero um, TV tapings. I was at the pay per view. Uh, had a blast each time. Um, what is kind of like your opinion on that? I mean, it obviously is. If you don't want to answer any of this shit, you don't have to. You know, I, I ain't trying to fucking get sure, you sure. in trouble or anything. No, but because right. um, I, I kind of get the feel, you know, I mean, and you alluded to that, you're you're not a big hardcore guy. You know, it has to make sense. Like there's a right. place for it, and I think uh, MLW does a pretty damn good job of balancing everything out on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I think that we've um, you know, and any for the most part, most of the matches that we've done that have been you know gimmick style matches, they, they've they've been for a reason. So right. Yeah, they seem to have uh, – there's a lot of meaning behind everything they do. There's a, it, At least that's it comes off that way to me. Um, and I think, like, MLW was uh, early on when we started doing this, and I turned threatened on them. I'm like, dude, these are like – you know, this is one of the major promotions you need to watch. You know, like, once all this shit blows over, I mean, you know, the way Court's been securing all these deals and all this shit, man, it, it's going to be cool to see you guys blow up. And I, I hope that that fucking happens because the product is it's on fire, man. And I love uh, even the anthology series. I've been watching that. I just finished the the Lucha Bros. Yep. Um, episode, which w- was killer. And I'm waiting for that Extreme Horseman episode next week. You know, I did. I, oh. I just I just did the VO for that a little while ago. Actually, um, so you know that that's you know that's been keeping me busy. Uh, I, I think I said that I had some Defy stuff, a couple shows that are that are in the can that I that I got to call. But yeah, every week for the anthology stuff for sure. Um, you know, I you've seen it. You know, whether it's me or AJ bridging each segment together, you know, so, so that's been keeping me busy. I've enjoyed the anthology series a lot. Um, but you know, I, you know, eclectic styles. I mean that, you know, there's, there's stuff that, uh, you know, and I've alluded to it just in general in wrestling, the stuff I like, there's stuff that I don't like. Mm. Um, I think if you hear, I think you could probably hear it in what I'm saying, uh, as I'm calling a match, if I'm, if I don't particularly care for it, but I have to put that aside as well in, 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 in that instance, Listen, if we were doing something that I just thought was, you know, hokey or shit, right. um, if there was too much of that at some point, honestly, I'd probably just be like, it's not for me anymore. 
You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not, I'm not making a killing doing it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, whatever it, it, you know, if it got to the point to me where, you know, where everything was just goofy, but you know, on, on, on the same hand, I mean, you mentioned earlier fest wrestling, I mean, fest wrestling, like I, you know, the joke is we play fast and loose with the rules. Right. Know? So, th- so there's a lot of, it's also on a completely different level. You know what I mean? Right. It's not a, it's not a national show. It's more of a local regional, regional thing. And you know, it's supposed to be craziness. Uh, it's a party. And it's a party, right? Punk, punk pro party wrestling. Mm-hmm. MLW, the idea is that it's sports-based. And that's, to me, to present something to a national audience, I want to present something that's sports, sports-based. And luckily, you know, we haven't strayed too, you know, too, too far from that. I think you guys have done – people might fucking shit on me for this one, but uh, hey, here's to you. I think you guys have done a better job at keeping it more sports-centric than what we were promised with AEW. You know, I, minus, I, I, minus I wouldn't the dis- fucking records. Or, what, come on, you know. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, you know, I mean, standings and records and stuff. It's a good idea in theory. It really is. People, oh, I wish they'd keep standings. But you know, for for a narrative, it doesn't always work like that because sometimes, based on a narrative, you might have to have a guy off TV for three or four weeks. Right. And then he's still third in the standings or whatever. Like, why is he still third in the standings? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you, so you get all these other questions that arrive from, mm-hmm. fr- from doing that, that now you have to answer these questions that you wouldn't have had to answer in the first place. We're really the idea of having a guy off TV for a couple of weeks is kind of to get you not to forget him, but that's to give some space between, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. So, yeah, but I think yeah, it comes across MLW to me. I get more of a sports, genuine sports feel, like how I, I kind of feel how modern wrestling, at least on a national television level, should be portrayed now. Um, you guys definitely pull it off way better. And like I said, AEW has some things that are okay. I kind of like, you know, when they do like the they're interviewing Arn and he's giving like his coaching fucking whatever the fuck he's talking about with that with Cody. I mean, I kind of like some of that stuff, you know, but – uh. Right. Overall, like, I, I don't think the record keeping it, let's be honest, no one really truly gives a fuck about that. Come on. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, would, it would be neat to be able to say, okay, well, this guy's, you know, this guy's got a title match. Because sometimes it'll just be a title match or, or something that pops up. And you're not really sure where this match came from and you have to give mm-hmm. it some kind of reason. Well, right. he's three, you know, he's three and oh in his last whatever. Like, you know, again, in theory, it sounds good. In practice, it doesn't, doesn't to me, it doesn't really work. Right. Who's been, uh, sorry, when it's a new promotion like AEW is, and they keep like bringing in new people for excitement, for example, Brian Cage, then I, that's when I don't know when the record thing can get incorporated. Cause there's like, so they had the chosen one recently come in and he like, he only wrestled three times at the time. So he had a record, Brian Cage had a record one and oh, like all these guys that are going to get title shots don't have much of a record compared to like the Lucha brothers who've been around since they started and they have a record, but they then they kind of disappeared for a couple months. I have no problems with any of it. It's just hard to incorporate it. Um, so any of those diehards that are like, Oh, what about the records? Let it go. Let, let I, I think with a lot of stuff with wrestling, just let it go. And yeah. it's all, it is really is all about the story and whether you entertain or not. And yep. like, there's yeah. lines of, there's lines of ha ha. There's lines of blood and guts. There's stuff that makes sense. I, I, like I said, I'm a huge AW Mark and I like the, uh, the variety of everything. And like with MLW, there's, there's also variety at the last, like a really good example of the fact that I don't like blood and like, uh, extremes, I guess. Like when I see blood and wet hair from blood, sure, sure, I'm yeah. not that into it, <laughs> but 
Um, help me out, Wallace, because I'm so bad with names. But it was the uh, that the LA that, Park. Yeah, it was the LA Park. The last match when we went to Chicago to watch. The yeah, yeah Park, to watch Park it. in. Um, oh God, now I'm, now I'm, uh, at, what's at his face? Fatu. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Fatu. I'm done. Yeah, they had. Yeah. He's a champ. They, they had an amazing match. <laughs> like that whole match, start to finish, and and all the escalation oh, of violence Part worked. Of Every single too, segment of it, like I kept standing up because they were topping the last topping thing, and and then when it was done, it was fucking done. Like there yeah. was no like. So there's certain times in a match where if you think it's done, it's like knocking the wind out of your sails, where you just celebrated something, and then they're like. Ooh, no, you got like 20 more minutes, bro. And then 20 minutes pass and they do <laughs> something else. And you're like, Ooh, here comes another 20 minutes. And then like for somebody like me, I'm like, all right, well, you know, you guys finish whenever you want. Cause I'm probably going to go pee or get a beer or something, or I'm going to, I'm going to suffer the next 10 minutes, even if they're awesome. But that, yeah. that particular match was fucking awesome. And it, it was, it was, it was great. Like start yeah, that- to finish escalation. Everything was timed. It was awesome. Yeah, that was that was that, that, thanks for reminding me too there. It, it, it was the um yeah, Super Fight Fatu and uh yeah, I feel like I haven't seen Fatu in so long. I I got a brain fart there. Like who's wait a minute, who did he who did he fight again? But no, it's pa- Park and Fatu from Super Fight, which I believe is on um I think it, I think we showed it on one of the regular fusion episodes too afterwards. Maybe yeah. Yeah, I think it was the year end. The year end 2019, if you want to go check that match out for free. I think. Hell yeah. It's definitely worth that whole pay-per-view is worth checking out. We yeah, were there. Sure. We love every <laughs> every inch of it. Um, so what what else is coming up in MLW that you can talk about that uh I mean, is there any plans as far as has court said anything yet about running anything? Nothing. No, I know that um July got canceled or you yeah. know, postponed or whatever. We were supposed to run Philly and New York. Well, you guys were supposed to be up here for in Chicago too. I thought it was like in April. Yeah, we were supposed to be up there, so that that got pushed yeah. back. Um, as far as I know, right now we don't have anything on the books until you know. And I'm going to look it up right now, and I'll tell you. There's Sweet. also going to be uh, just, just to give you a, a heads up too. There's going to be another uh, uh, distribution announcement coming. Nice. Up. Um, you know, uh, recently Court announced uh, that we signed a deal with the Zone. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. But there's there's going to be something else that uh, that's coming up that uh, will give fans actually you know another opportunity to check stuff out actually for free. But uh, let's see what we have for events on the website. I'm just pulling it up now. It looks like we don't have anything on the books until October 3rd, Dallas, Fort Worth, and then December 5th, Philly. That's you know all everything's tentative right now. I, Still I, pending. I, yeah, yeah. I, I I would like to think that if we really wanted to, we could probably run in september but you know that's that's way above my pay grade and i'm not involved in any of that stuff i'm just i'm literally just guessing as i'm looking at it you know what i mean mm-hmm. if stuff clears if stuff magically clears up somehow which i don't think is going to happen um you know it, september sounds far away but it's really not um right you know when, when, when you really think about it as far as getting a venue booked and etc cetera, etc cetera. so um i'd say in theory we could run september possibly but it's probably not. Yeah. You do, you do, you don't, you don't. You know, as long as you guys keep pumping out fucking content. I mean, and there's plenty of stuff. That's why I really love the anthology thing. It's a good way to, you know, let the MLW fan base and the wrestling community know that there was a previous history with this company. And there's there's a lot of older content that can be presented in a new way, you know, like it, that I think people will fucking enjoy. That's why I'm really stoked about the Extreme Horseman. Right. 
Horseman episode, uh, there will be, I don't think court's going to get mad at me for saying this. Uh, there will be a dusty roads match. So, um, that's something I'm really excited to see. You know, I, oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I got, I got to work with dream at, uh, at the performance center for a while. Um, what was that like, man? Awesome. Awesome. It was unbelievable. Another guy that again, grew, I grew up watching TBS, yeah. you know, and to, you know, to, to see him basically every day and get to pick his brain and just have a relationship with him, talk to him. You know what I mean? A lot of times just even not about wrestling, just haha, funny stuff. You know what I mean? Like we'd sit in the office. I, you know, I, I have a, a video uh, that only close friends will ever see, but mm. I have a video sitting in Dusty's office with Robbie Brookside with Dusty trying to explain baseball to an Englishman. And it's <laughs> really, and, and, and they're comparing soccer. And it's just really, 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 really funny. Um, it's, you know, it's one of those personal things that, that like that I have, that's kind of, that's yeah. mine, right. That I, that I try to, you know, it's funny, funny stuff. Dusty was fucking hilarious. Um, you know, so to, to get to learn from him was, was great. So it's going to be cool to, you know, to see one of his, one of his matches, one of his long lost matches coming up this weekend. Yeah. That's super dope, man. I, I'm super pumped about that. Um, speaking of like the E in your time there, I mean, obviously that's kind of like your start. Overall, though, how would you say the whole experience was for you? Um, I mean, there was good and bad, you mm-hmm. know, it's not, I, I've said this before, it's not lost on me, you know, just the odds of getting there doing what I was doing. Right, right. You know, oddly enough, it was never anything I even set out to do. I wanted to be a hockey play-by-play guy. Um, mm-hmm. I figured I'd get to do wrestling at some point for fun or whatever. And just the way that, you know, things just kind of unraveled where I was working with Booker. And next thing I know, I'm in Florida, you know, and not too long after that, like on SmackDown, like <laughs> right. what, the hell, what, the hell, what the hell happened? You know, uh, to be honest with that, I, I would have preferred just to stay put at NXT. I didn't really want to go to SmackDown, uh-huh. to be honest. Um, a, I didn't feel I was ready. B, I wanted to stay at NXT because I thought NXT was better. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, getting to call SmackDown. How many guys have called SmackDown? That's Right. So, so, so these things are not lost on me by any means. And I don't want to sound ungrateful or sour grapes or, or whatever, but it's a, it can be a very, very difficult place to work, a very political place to work. If you're not willing to, to cut somebody off at the knees, you'll probably get yourself cut off at the knees. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I've never been a, I've never been good at politics. You know what I mean? I just, I, I've always just said, go to work, do my job as best as I can, go home. Um, right. You know, um, I'm, I'm past the age where, you know, I'm going to go out drinking with the, with the boys to curry favor with people. I don't even drink anymore. Um, mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, you know, I mean, anywhere you are, there's politics. You have to, you have to kind of play the game a little bit, but you know, it's on, you know, like anything else at WWE, you, you have to jack that up to a hundred if you want to, you know, really, if you want to survive there in a lot of ways. So would you, would you say the good outweighed the bad? I'd say 50, 50. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I regret right now. It's like, God damn, I wish that, that I still there for a couple of years because like, you know, financially I'd, I'd be all right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, 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 I had, I would have a nice little, nice little nest egg by this point. But uh, on, on the other hand, um, and I've said this to friends, I legitimately believe that had I stayed there, I probably would have had a heart attack by now. So um, I, the joke for me now in, in, in some ways is that, you know, I was there two and a half years or whatever. And, you know, it's a, it was kind of like grad school for, for pro wrestling. Like I got my master's or my, you know, maybe my, I don't know, I'd say my PhD, but my master's at least in, yeah. in pro wrestling and, you know, learned about TV production and just, you know, everything that goes in into 
actually making the thing work. I get to see firsthand, which is uh, invaluable. So, oh yeah, from the juggernaut, you know, like the yeah. like I can't even imagine when you you say you know you feel like if you stayed, yeah, you would have had this nest egg, but you probably would have stroked out or had a heart attack or something. Yeah, because yeah. I can't even imagine the fucking level of stress, you know, I, it, with pretty much anybody in that company. You know, you commentating, you know, talent, uh, it, up to Vince, you know, like I just I couldn't imagine with that brand and how huge it is and how much shit they put out during a week it's it's uncanny you know yeah i mean you're talking you know what 10 hours or something of content a week that's it's a lot god how you know you burn through so many ideas mm-hmm. in, you know in 10 hours a week that it's just kind of you know but i learned a lot i'm thankful for it i really am i got to go go to places that uh, that, I, that i never thought i'd see again really learned a lot about tv and you know it's afforded me the uh you know, the opportunity to, you know, just really have some fun with, with wrestling, doing the stuff mm-hmm. that I'm doing and, you know, you know, be a defy, which is, I love calling those matches. I think the atmosphere out in at Washington hall is awesome. Um, I think our next, the next show there, I think it's the end of September, September 26th, but you know, I, I really love the way that, that defy does things. And then with MLW, that's been kind of like, you know, for a lot of us, I, I think there's been some sweat equity there, you know, some elbow grease that hopefully now as some of these deals are starting to come through. Hopefully for all of us that, 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 that have been here, it's not, you know, it's not like we're slaves or anything, but right. you know, ho- hopefully that's going to provide, you know, a bit more of a financial cushion, you know, not only for the league to stay put, but for, for some of us that have been there working for a long time, the hope is that, okay, well now, you know, that becomes a little more sustainable. Whereas to, you know, I can concentrate a little bit more on that, but you know, who oh, knows yeah. what's going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> it's an uncertain world. Uncertain sure. times. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's, you know, Throw it up in the air and see where it comes down. Was there ever a time where you wanted to punch Michael Cole in the face? Mm, not really. I got along well with Cole. Is um, he not that bad? Is he mainly, He's just a puppet, though, right? Essentially. I mean, I, I you know, the, the, that summer that I was on SmackDown, I, you know, Cole and I rode in a car together for three months or whatever, four, three or four mm-hmm. months. Um, got to know him, you know, and it just man-to-man got to know him, um, learn about his story. Um, you know, that... There, 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 there are certain things that, that I, I, I feel like he kind of hung me out to dry on a few times, but I think it's, you know, he kind of expressed, he had expressed to me, it's politics. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, you know how this place works. And he really didn't, you know, that's what I, that, you know, that's what I was told. But by and large, my experiences with Cole were great. I, I think he's an excellent announcer. I don't, you know, uh, if the fans really realize the work that he puts in and realized um, how, <laughs> how vocal Vince is in the headset. I think oh, yeah. Get, I, you know, I, I think the people that really, really, really understood it would give Cole a break. And here's the thing. Cole's job is not really a play-by-play guy. Right. His job, it is, but it isn't. His job is to, and he says this all the time, I'm a f***ing announcer for a f***ing sport with a f***ing name. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> he, yeah. he, he is a traffic cop. His job is to get you from one segment to the next. And if the fans really understood how often things change, and how they change at the last minute, and how seamless Cole is able to do that, they would have a whole lot more uh, respect mm-hmm. for the job for the job that Cole does. Yeah, he might not call every move, but as we talked about before, moves don't really matter. They mm-hmm. don't. They 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 just don't matter. They don't. What did the move do? Does it matter right. if it's Does it matter if it's a, a tune? Well, that was a regular pile driver. You called it a tombstone. Who fucking cares? What did it do? <laughs> Seriously, what did it do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
You know, oh that that that, that was a you, you that was a tiger suplex, uh, you, but you called it a dragon suplex. Who <laughs> yeah. fucking care? It's a suplex. <laughs> like like I, I get it. You want to you want to be in it. You know, you want to be accurate. You want to call certain things, and when you can, you do. But mm. there's so many moves. Like we're gonna confuse stuff sometimes. We're gonna get stuff like it doesn't matter. What did it yeah. mean in the in the course of the match is what's really important. You know, and then That's from tough. The, it is you tough. Guys, you guys got a fucking tough job. I know me and Stratton tried doing it once. We threw some DVDs on the studio, got fucking hammered, and, like, put it on silent. We're trying to call the fucking matches and shit. Didn't go over so well. Uh, you got you got to be able to hear the crowd. You have to hear the, right you know, ev- everything that's in there. Because, like, it's like with Defy, for example, I call the matches by myself. The, crowd's mm-hmm. my, the crowd is my color man. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a lot of times when I just don't say anything because mm. uh, most of the time as an announcer, if it's a real big moment, you know, it was just, uh, we just had a, a couple of announcers just had a, a discussion about this the other day, Sammy Sosa's record breaking home run. And you listen to Tom Brenneman and, you know, he says, you know, whatever, uh, you know, Ruth Maris McGuire, now Sosa, mm. you know, that the, the, the doors to the exclusive club swung open. And then for 60 seconds, almost, they don't say anything. It's just a crowd at Wrigley field losing their shit. Yeah. And then when they go to the replay, then the analyst comes in. Okay, here it is. Like, but that, you know, there's a lot of wrestling announcers that would want to be yelling and screaming over that. Shut up! It's here, the it's crowd. Atmosphere. It's part of yeah. gas. Yeah, you know, and you know, just to take it back to just to close the, the loop on, on what we're saying about Cole again, like the traffic cop thing. I have seen Cole legitimately go out to the desk on Raw, and he's, mm. you know, I guess he's on SmackDown now, right? Yeah, is that correct? Okay. Yeah. Um. I will almost guarantee you that there are times that he goes out to SmackDown without a run sheet. If he has a run sheet, it's maybe the first segment. Mm-hmm. You go out there and do live TV and get produced through your headset where you have two people that you're working with that are talking. You have the match going on. And now all of a sudden you've got either, either Vince or Kevin Dunn or sometimes both trying to talk at the same time. Yeah. And another interesting thing about WWE, you don't have, you don't have a talk back to your producer. That is... Like most sports broadcasting, if I do a hockey game, right? there's a button, there's a cough button, red button, cough button, <clears throat> and you want to talk to your partner or whatever. Then there's a, uh, another button that's for talk back. So if the producer says something to you and you don't hear it, hey, uh, what was that again? Where, what's the next thing? Oh, okay, right. whatever, right? You don't have that. There's the little spy cam, which I'm sure you've seen more <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Literally, literally, that is the only <laughs> communication that, that you have. So if somebody says something to you, you you're looking at the camera, I can tell you the number of times I'd look and I'd be like, and then if they don't see it or if they're whatever. So now you go into the next thing and you don't know what the fuck you're going into. And they yell at you mm. because you don't know what you're going into. That's tough, man. That's a hard, so hard. So, <laughs> and, and, but my point, my point is with Cole, especially drunk. <laughs> yeah. Right. My, my point is with Cole is that he does that stuff seamlessly. Um, yeah. He's a robot, man. He's a fucking robot. I think that's kind of, I don't care about him not calling the moves. I just, I think I, I, he's just become really stale because he is such a part of the machine, a necessary part, you know, like if, if, if you study WWE enough mm-hmm. and everything is, um, I mean, I guess stale is, is the word for it. The way the segments are laid out, the way yeah. matches are laid out, the way certain things are laid out. If you've been there long enough and you've been calling it, you you almost don't need somebody to tell you what's because co- you kind of know what's coming. Yeah. Um. So it's you know, you know for for example for example if you watch a match on a TV show you can kind of tell when a break spot's coming, can't you? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. 
you know, yeah. okay, they're going to break. And next thing you know, I kind of, I can kind of hear it. Sounds like they're going to break. And next thing you know, there's a dive to the outside. Oh my God, fucking so-and-so. How's he going to come back from this? I don't know. We'll yeah. be back in a minute. Like, yeah, when we come back. <laughs> yeah. You, you can, you, you can kind of pick that stuff out. And, and that's part, you know, there's a whole, there's a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. There's a cadence to it all. And once you kind of, once you kind of decode that stuff, it makes the job exponentially easier. That's the part of commentating that fascinates me. And that's what we were trying to kind of fuck with when we, when we got, we had hammered to have fun. And also because I was nervous, I was embarrassed, even though it was just the two of us, it was all private. Everything was just, we sat in our studio. He was throwing me off. I'm trying to call all these fucking moves and shit. And he's just like, uh, that, that, uh, that, that rhythm that you have to find out is such a fascinating thing that like, no matter who your partner is, or if you're by yourself or with your playing off the crowd, that formula that each commentator, uh, whether you're the color guy or the other guy, like that formula is so fascinating to me in the world of wrestling. It's, it's, it's a huge part of why I've gotten into it as much as I have because I love listening to each so now we have subscriptions to like the different independent uh wrestling promotions and then we got MLW and we do NWA and we watch all these things and it's just it's awesome to hear everybody's way and everybody's rhythm based on what they're familiar with based on so when AEW started they had a bunch of dudes that used to be legends or like somebody like Taz who wasn't known for his commentary but did it for a couple years and then came back and there were people that were were not fans of his commentary and that noticed oh shit he got a little better at this or that or he's more entertaining and we got a little break and so you see you just see all these different ways that different dudes do it for for better or worse but that formula is is fascinating because it's so motherfucking hard <laughs> it is you know, there's, um, you know, there, there's also things to be said, you know, a, a, as you go on with the, you know, with commentary, um, you learn how to cover for guys when, I don't yeah. mean your partner, I mean, for stuff that happens in the ring, that's, you know, if it's a botch or if it doesn't make sense yeah. or, or whatever, you learn ways to, to not bury people in the ring, unless you want to bury them because they're dicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, you know, uh, it, it, again, I, I say that kind of, mostly in jest because it's not about that it's about getting what's over or getting what's in the ring over and mm-hmm. and, and and make it so it's your it you're the, the announcer in many ways is really the last line of defense where if something falls apart you need to try to find a way to make sense of it right you know? and that there, there there are different ways that that you can do that for you know like you talked about cornet earlier for example everybody's using doors now in wrestling because you can't buy wooden tables anymore. They just don't make them anymore, right? Mm. So instead of wooden tables, people, they're going and getting, they're going to Home Depot and you get the cutout door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, like at Fest, for example, we, we were doors. So Max and I, that, that, do, <laughs> that do Fest, we came up with the, with, with the joke that Gainesville, Florida is the secondhand door capital of the United States. If you, as a matter of fact, we have, Oh yeah. They use door district down on third. Yeah. There's, there, 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 there's, there's Susie's doors. And, uh, you know, that's the, she'll, she'll jump in the door with you. And there's, that's a Simpsons thing. If you don't know, the hammock district. Oh, the hammock district. That's right. So, so, you know, so that kind of became the ha ha for that. Why are there so many doors? But MLW, for example, we get just the, the wooden, unpainted doors yeah. i don't want to say that why is there a door under the ring it doesn't make any <laughs> sense so how am i gonna do it cornet 
right off the top of it said, oh, that's one of those ring. That's one of the extra ring boards. Look, there's an X on it. That's so, so they know where to place it. Now, on oh, the bell went off in my head. They're ring boards, just in case one of the boards in the ring breaks. Ah, makes perfect fucking sense. You know, so as an announcer, how, how do you how do you do that? Um, you know, it's just experience, really. You know, you got so, uh, You got to be quick witted, though. Like I always I, I go back to a guy like uh, probably the quickest wit in professional wrestling that the industry's ever seen. Bobby the Brain Heenan, man. I mean, he was called the yeah. brain for fucking <laughs> that particular reason. You know, he was a guy he, he could do that. He could do anything. Like he was just, he was fucking great, man. You, you had a question too. I had a question. So what, uh, what, what do, would you have one or two pieces of advice that you'd give to somebody? Like, let's say somebody that likes what you do like, or how, how did you get good at what you do? Cause I know, uh, recently I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Cornette. It was, uh, it might've been Shivani that said like, how do you let somebody ask them the same question? And they said stuff like, you actually do like watch wrestling matches, write down stuff. If you have something clever that you think might get over during a, an event, write that shit down in a notebook and try mm-hmm. it out like a yep. stand up or whatever. But what, what kind of piece of advice would you give? Because they're like, obviously there's a huge difference between two dickheads in a black a darkened studio getting hammered, trying to like be funny <laughs> and what you do with various promotions with who all have their own style and communicative process and all that stuff for you to be able to do your job. What, what, how would you answer that? Uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually building uh, like a, like a seminar type thing. Um, oh. I, tr- I tried out some of my material um, on some, on some Guinea pigs a while back and I'm, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to, to present it. Um, so, you know, I, I thought about just doing zoom seminars or, or whatever. Nick Housman actually said, no, no, no. What are you always telling guys in the ring? Slow down. He's like, slow down with this. You can make this, you know, four or five different episodes or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can do a Patreon. So I, I don't know exactly how I'm putting that together yet. I have most of the material down. It's how do I break it up and how do I present it best? So right. that's coming. So if you really want to learn, <laughs> this is where I do my, <laughs> this is where I do my, yes. but, that my, my spiel. No, if, if it's something that, that you're really interested in checking out, uh, I'm on Twitter. You guys have my Twitter. If you're yep. listening, if you, if you want to follow me at Rich Bocchini, R-I-C-H-B-O-C-C-H-I-N-I. But uh, when that's ready to go, I'm not saying I'm the be all end all, but I've been there and I, I, I think I'm maybe even a better, hopefully a better teacher than I am a play-by-play guy. So, so there's that. The, the biggest piece of advice that I will give any announcer, any announcer, it ain't about you. It's not about you. It's not about you being clever. It's not about you being fun. You're not Bobby the Brain Heenan. You're not going to be Bobby the Brain Heenan. You're a local guy calling local wrestling. That's like, and that's not a knock. It's not a knock at all. But how many independent wrestling shows do you listen to where there's some guy who's, you know, the owner's friend or whatever, and he comes in, he's got sunglasses on, a shiny jacket. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. <laughs> call a fucking match. You know what I mean? <laughs> so call the match. Yeah. Get the fucking match over. And you know, like we were talking about Tom Brennerman before. You know. That's how it should be. It's not about you. It's mm. not. It's once product, you get you know? once you get to a certain level, then that stuff can kind of. And I'm not saying if you have a, you know, a witty. Pro, I'm not saying don't be witty. Don't be right. So many guys just want to force it. Try too hard. Yeah, yeah. Try way too hard. Let it come natural. Just call the match. Learn the mechanics. You know, you want to get to a point where you can pretty much call a match in your sleep. And I, I don't say that to to diminish the importance of a match, but really. So that's you, what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
a lot of times I want to be, but um, you should be focusing on learning, learning the certain, you know, learning the sequences, learning the rhythm of a match. Like once you see enough matches, you can kind of tell what's coming, what's going to, what are they going for next? You kind of know. Um, and really that's just the repetition. So I guess that's my, my, my main two pieces of advice just on the fly. Um, it's not about you. Not, I know a lot of people love Moro Ronaldo. I don't have a problem with Moro. His style for me is way too over the top, mm. but that's him. And there's only one Moro Ronaldo. Right. There's not going to be another one. Right. So focus on just being natural, as natural as you can be. Remember, it's not about you. It's about what's going on in the ring and just try to get as many reps as you can. Those are my, my two blanket, uh, blanket statements or, you know, advice, pieces of advice. Cool. Solid advice to live by, boys and girls out there listening. <laughs> I try. I try sometimes. Not often, but sometimes. So real quick before we end here, Rich, well, uh, what else you got going on that you're into, man, as far as, you know, just outside of wrestling? And, I mean, you're a big hockey fan. You like baseball. What else do you like doing, man? Uh, I'm into punk rock. I like going really? to shows. Yeah. Really? Well, all right. You just uh, <laughs> kind of struck an interest in I'm a huge punk myself. I mean, like, since I was a little kid, I've told the story a million times. I found Nirvana. Nirvana opened the doors to Black Flag, you know, Meat Puppets, Descendants, all that shit. What's uh, some of the punk that you kind of like to rock out to? Uh, so, uh, re- real quick, I, I grew up in uh, in the Providence area. There was, uh, there was a legendary club in Providence called Club Babyhead. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you, you know, if you look it up, like, everybody played there. Um, and in the, you know, the early to, to mid nineties, I was there all the time, all the time. Um, and saw, you know, bands from across, across the musical spectrum. Um, you know, fest, for example, I'm sure, you know, what fest is right. Aside from the wrestling, yes. right. Yes. Um, so that's always awesome. Um, yeah. you know, last year, you know, jawbreaker played at the last one. It was awesome to see jawbreaker. Um, you know, you talk about bands that I'd seen way back when, like it was funny cause at fest this past year, both Jawbox and jawbreaker played and I had never <laughs> seen jawbreaker, but back in, I want to say 94, 95, I had actually seen Jawbox in Providence, mm-hmm. you know, um, trying to think of bands that, you know, that, that were around back then, like quicksand. I saw a bunch of times helmet. I saw helmets. Oh yeah. Uh, they, they opened their, uh, their meantime tour in Providence. Fuck yeah. So, I'd seen them a, a number of times and then uh, trying to think of other, you know, other bands Slapshot out of Boston, mm-hmm. you know, big fan of theirs. Um, I was into death metal and, and, and metal. I like, honestly, really? like, what yeah. kind of, that's, uh, that's a, I mean, that's the shit I do. I actually, when you get a chance, go check out my band, dude, a uh, handsome prick. It's, it's grindcore. It's like death grind, but there's, I mean, it's punk. There's uh, classic uh, rock. World Downfall by Terrorizer is one of my favorite uh, dude, records. I was just, yeah. that's a fucking great answer, dude. Pete yeah. Sandoval, man. Dude, say, it, it, set, it, it set the stage for, because a, a, lot, a lot of the metal core, grindcore, whatever, a lot of it was really sloppy back then. Yeah. And they, they're a band that brought the precision of metal, the energy of hardcore, and, you know, in a lot of ways, the lyrical content of, of political punk all into one thing. Right kind of you know to a lesser extent nuclear assault did that like the, mm-hmm. the like does it, uh, nuclear assault survive is very you know came out in 88 i think 87 or 88 but it, if you listen to it there, there is a, a a new york because they're from new york too there, there's a new york hardcore influence but there's you know they're they're a metal band so if, if you hear that it, it, it's awesome um 
Violence. I don't know if you remember. Uh, Violence, oh, I believe, yeah. has a new record coming out, which blew, blew my mind because I thought Sean Killian died or almost died a couple years ago. Um, I never saw them, but since it came out, Eternal Nightmare. God, unbelievable record. Um, I saw a lot of those. Uh, we, at Fest uh, this year uh, during Mania, we were supposed to have a, a show where Obituary Obituary. Yeah, I, I saw I saw obituary in Sacred Reich in yeah. 19, 1990 or something, right? So I, you know, I've seen a lot of this stuff. As I've gotten okay. a little a little bit older, I've, you know, I haven't really heard a whole lot of metal or death metal that has interested me because how are you going to do better than World Downfall? You know what I mean? How do you do better than Slowly Rerot? There's some of it here and there that I've been into, um, you know, but my my musical tastes have gone all all over the place. You know, I love jangly indie pop. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, there's a band out of Minneapolis called The Hangups, which is this jangly indie pop band. It's awesome. Um, Raina Maria is another band I really love a lot. So, you know, I mean, I could sit here for the next hour and probably talk to you about, okay, I like this band who's influenced from this and whatever. Yeah. I'm, you know, uh, I don't think anybody really wants to hear that. But, um, yeah, we, we definitely have, have, have that in common. And, you know, actually in the early 2000s, I, I was a drummer in a band. I played in a lot of bands over the years. Nice. Um, I don't know if the name Don Fury means anything to you, but it sounds uh, really familiar. He produced a lot of the um, late '80s, early '90s hard, uh, a lot of hardcore records that were on like Revelation Records. Okay. Um, and he did quicksand. He did a lot of quicksands early stuff. So we he had a studio. He's in somewhere in New York now, but at the time that we went down there, he was on Coney Island, and uh, we actually went and recorded a you know four song deal with uh, with Don, which is cool. You know, so I've, I, 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 I've, I've been around the block in that. Uh, you got, that you movie. got a copy of that? Yeah, I can send you some stuff for sure. Yeah, um, look it up. So you know, it's it's funny seeing how wrestling and honestly, like independent wrestling and independent music are are very, very closely related in the way that yeah. it operates and the way that you have to promote yourself and mm-hmm. get in the car and fucking go and fucking somewhere. do it. Yeah, just go somewhere and, and play for nothing. You know what I mean? Starve. Oh yeah, man. I oh god, I went on some really bad tours. <laughs> We're fucking ramen. It almost seemed like ramen was a fucking luxury we couldn't afford. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, uh, it, it's it. You know, it, it has to be. You know, I, I think the thing that separates it too is that the people that are successful, you have to. Yeah. Here's yeah, my other. Pe- yes. Here's my other piece of advice, and this is something that the dream told me. He used to say all the time, "You gotta have the passion, baby. You gotta have the passion." And it's true. And you can, you can tell people that are in wrestling that, you know, they're in it because it's the flavor of the month and mm-hmm. they, you know, whatever they're oh, okay. I'm going to do wrestling, but it's not, they don't, it's not here. And music is the same way. You can tell when a band's not sincere. Oh, you yeah. can see it. You can see that. I can anyway, I can sniff that out a mile away. And it's just yep. like, no, That's why I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking I'm a musical snob. And I listen to some weird shit. I'll bounce around and like, how the fuck you go from like Rick Astley to, you know, Cannibal Corpse or some shit and Frank Zappa and, and all the above. But, uh, man, I could it, like a rat, man. I could fucking sniff them out a mile away. And it's just like, I'm sorry, but that shit sucks. And unfortunately, with a lot of the like call it the wrestling rock, it's so bad, dude. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's so awful. bad. Me and my girlfriend joke. She's like, oh, my God. Like, she loves Cody Rhodes. But then his song comes out. She's like, oh, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Everybody I, have bad music I, <laughs> because I, licensing's I, expensive. Well, that's yeah, that's that's the bit. Yeah, that's the big part of it. Um, mm. I, you know, like the, I, I've actually the last couple of days been listening to a lot of um, like a lot of Britpop type stuff. Like, okay, uh, there's, a, there's a band called Echo Belly, 
which is around, which, who I love. Yeah, that seems really familiar too. Great, great band. And, you know, I, I've always been into them. They have a song called Call Me Names. And there's mm-hmm. a line, there's a, the second verse of the song. It just really hit me listening to it just with everything that's going on around us. The singer of that band uh, was born in India, moved to England when she was two. And the song is about her perspective of being dark skinned and growing up and just wanting to be like everybody else. And why do you call me names? You know what I mean? And right. it, it just, just with everything going on, it, re- it really struck me. And I don't know if that sound, if it sounds corny or not, but it just really struck me in a, in a way that I think just never really did before. Um, but I've been listening I'm, to them and you can, you can tell that it comes from a place that's sincere. And even like uh, the other night I was watching uh, the Cure's 40th anniversary stuff. Fuck yeah. And it's like, I mean, Robert Smith still sounds awesome. You know, the band he looks still like sounds great. He looks like melting ice cream cone. No, I, 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 I had said he either looks like somebody's methed out grandmother or like yeah. a, 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 a a weird version of the crazy cat lady from The Simpsons, right? It's like this weird <laughs> mix of them. But goddamn, yeah. man, like but it's, he sounds awesome. He's, he sounds awesome, and it's yeah. it's from an it's from an honest place, and yeah, you know, I, I with wrestling, it's the same thing. I, I think you can feel it. I think you can. You know, you almost kind of have to have a spidey sense for it, right? Where you can just kind of, you know, you're a poser. You're fucking, yeah. you're fake. You don't feel it. You're faking it, you know? Real recognizes real, man. I've said it Hopefully. many, many a times, and it's it's the truth, you know? Yep. Unfortunately, there's not enough real to go around. <laughs> just, just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. It is. It is. Hey, but maybe one day the world will be a better place. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Yeah. I'm, I gotta let it go. Anyways, yep. Rich. We're gonna have to do this again sometime because, dude, yeah. I just I feel like we got you know so much shit to Holy talk shit. about. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I could yeah. I could go for a lot longer too, especially <laughs> you start talking about like the death metal and shit. Like I said, dude, please check out Handsome Prick. I think it it's something new and fresh, and it doesn't sound like shit, and it's pretty fucking real. I think you'll dig it, man. All right, um, yeah, I'll check it out for sure. I'll I'll send you some of the stuff that uh, that I told you about too. For sure, we got uh we got album three actually. It's uh just got the master back so. Everybody's going to get ready to get that shit unleashed upon them. And they ain't ready. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. But, Good uh, stuff. Real, real quick before we end here, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and shit. Yeah. Again, I am on the, uh, the Twitter. Uh, very easy to find, but very difficult to spell. At Rich Bokini. R-I-C-H-B-O-C-C-H-I-N-I. R-I-C-H-B-O-C-C-H-I-N-I. That's the most visible uh, social media platform that uh, they can get me. I think I have my messages open, I think. Um, so you could probably send me a message if you'd like to. If not, just follow me there. And, um, you know, if you have a question, I'm, I usually answer pretty quickly. So That is correct. And for everybody out there listening and continuing to support the Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast, thank you. We're available every week with new episodes every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms with that episode dropping the next day on Thursday via YouTube. So, hey, I hope you had fun, Rich. We're going to have to fucking rock this shit again. It's going to be a fucking blast. Um, I'm excited for everybody to check this shit out, man. It's it's been an absolute privilege to have you on, man. We're going to have to do this again, homie. I, I appreciate it, guys, and I've, I've had fun. And uh, for sure, um, if you know, if we don't see you in Chicago before, then you know, let me know, and we'll we'll meet up again on here anytime. Oh yeah, for sure, brother. It's one more thing I gotta do. I gotta wet him up, wet him up, <laughs> wet him up. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so angry, no kitty. It's fucking insane.
That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> You gonna do sex to me?